Okay, here we go, Parshas Va'era, Tavshin Ayintes, as we start the Parshios of the Makos. We started last week, uh, we didn't start, we didn't have a shear, but Baruch Hashem, it's great to be back uh, here in Eretz Yisrael. And uh, we get into the Parshios of Yitzias Mitzrayim, Sefer HaGeula, uh, as the Ramban calls it, Sefer Sheni, as the Bahag calls it, the Nitziv, if you remember, in the Hagdama to Sefer Shmos, notes that the Bahag has a name for every one of the Svarim of the Torah, except for the second one. Sefer Shani. Can't call it a different name. Sefer Agula, all the other names. The Bahag is emphasizing, says the Nitziv, that this is really a Hashlama. It's really one Sefer along with Sefer Bracious. Sefer Bracious is the creation of individuals, a family, and now we have the creation of the nation, ending up with the goal. Geula doesn't only mean Yitzhak Mitzrayim, Ma'abar Sinai, Hashras Ashkina on the Mishkan. That is the point of the Sefer, and that is Sefer Shani, which, uh, Baruch Hashem, we had the schus of starting, uh, last week. So we start off with the beginning of the Parsha, one of the more well-known Sukkim in the Parsha, that we are are all familiar with from Pesach time. The Dalad Lashonos of Geula. In Perek, Vav, Pasik, Vav, the Torah tells us, Hashem says to Moshe, again, after giving him a little rebuke, implicitly, as we know, Moshe Rabbeinu complained for uh, the good of Klai Yisrael last week, uh, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not... Uh, did not take it lightly, but either way, now he says, okay, what Moshe has to do. Tell B'nai Yisrael, Ani Hashem, I'll take them out, I'll save them. And I'll redeem them. And I'll take them. And as we know, each of these is a different phrase. Is of Geula. But if you remember, the language of the Yerushalmi in Psachim is that this is Dalid Geulos, not Dalid Lashonos of Geula. Because each of these words is a different phase of the process. It's not just four synonyms that tell us Hashem redeemed us. In four different ways, there's no such thing as a synonym in the Torah. If a different word is used, then it has a different connotation and a different meaning. So here too, we have the four Lashonos of Geula, the four Geulos. And finally, after these Lashonos, I will be for you for a God, and vidatem ki and you will know that I am Hashem, your God, that took you out of Sivlos Mitzrayim. And that's what Rashi says, emphasizes by each of these, Votsesi and Sivlos Mitzrayim, Torah Masa, Bechulu. Ask Rabbi Cheskel Abramski. We have all these amazing events that are described implicitly. Whatever Votsesi, Mitzalti, the Nitziv, also, as we just mentioned, and others, talk about what the four stages are. But they're amazing events, whatever they are. Does the Torah really need to say afterwards, and through all these, you will know that I am God? Isn't it somewhat obvious? After all this, of course, Vidatav Kiani Hashem. We have to say that. Once once everything happens, so Vidatav Kiani Hashem Lokechem. Why do we have to add that in? Answer Vichesk Labramski, source number one. Lashon Apostle Tzricha Biur. Kivan Shamar Votsesi Eschem Itzalti Vigaalti. Hare Pashutu. Sheyedu Bnei Yisrael. Shakarish Parachal Gal. I mean, Mitzrayim. Isn't it obvious? We have to say, and you shall know, as if it's a command. You have to, you have to focus, you have to know. Well, Mamela will know. What's the Chiddush? Says of Yechazkel Abramskin, it's, it's, it's a tremendous Chiddush. Because as we know throughout history, great miracles do not breed Emunah. And does not mean automatic. Many of us say, you know, if, if we would see an open miracle, then everything would be good. 
and everything would be clear and we would understand and we would believe every second and all our questions would be answered. But history proves otherwise. And just because there are tremendous miracles does not mean that all of a sudden people are directly connected. Right? Oh, if every time somebody did an Avera, there would be a bolt of lightning, then everybody would believe. No, his, history shows us. Right? What happened right after Kriyas Yamsuf? We complained. What happened right after Rabbi Arsinai? What happened after so many miracles in history? Right? It, what, we didn't stay on that, on that, uh, on that level. Tirech Rav Yechezkel, Shemavur Kan Yisod Gadol Be'inyani Ha'amuna, A Yisod Gadol, Vehu, Shegamim Roim Bechush, Es Hanisham Shal Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Kriyas Yamsuf, Adayin Lo Magir Maka Shlema Be'amuna Ki'ani Hashem. You still have to work to reach that level. You still have to focus. Right? He doesn't quote him. Remember the Ramban on next week's, in two weeks' parshas, the Ramban on the Kriyas Yamsuf, where the Torah tells us that there was a Ruach Kadim Azah and the wind. Why was there a Ruach Kadim Azah? Hashem wanted to give a point oh 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 one percent for somebody to look and think otherwise. And guess what? All the Egyptians, you know what they said to each other, says the Ramban? What a strong tide today. Wow. Never seen such a thing. That's pretty amazing. One of the most amazing Psukim in the Torah. The Torah tells us, and the Mitzrayim ran after us into Kriyas Yamsuf. What were they thinking? They saw the most unbelievable vision. And Chazal even say it, right? The Mechilta. Rasa Shivchalayam, Mashalorah, Yecheskel Benbuzi. But he quotes the Bali Musr. What did the Bali Musr say? Rasa Shivchalayam, but she stayed a Shivcha. Right? Rasa Shivchalayam doesn't say that there were no more Shvachos. Doesn't say that all of a sudden everybody became, you know, Talmidot of Miriam Hanaviyah. No, Rasa Shifchalayam, and then she went went back to being a Shifcha. Right? But that's that's not what right she didn't become Yechezkel. So you can have Otsesi, Vitsati, Vagati Vakahti, but you still need the message. Hashem guiding us. Vidatem Kiani Hashem. Use these events to come close to me. Use these events. Don't let them pass you by. Don't let them pass you by. Right? There are many that that re, that realize, that think. You know, even the past hundreds of years, right? We mentioned Rabbi Yaakov Emden, right? 300 years ago, 400, 350 years ago, the greatest miracle in the world of the Jewish people that was still here, that was still around, that we still exist. How is it possible? In every single century of the past 2,000 years, people wanted to get rid of us, right? We are the infection, according to so many countries and lands that tried to get rid of us, and yet we're the only ones still around. Says Rabbi Yaakov Emden, that's the greatest miracle, even more than Kriyas Yamsov or anything, and yet, that doesn't drive people to believe. It doesn't even drive many Jews to believe. To realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a special place in his heart, Kaviyachal, for them. Vidatem ki'ani Hashem. Through all the miracles, we still need the instructions by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Know me. Vidatem ki'ani Hashem. V'lachain, achar kolda ala l'shonos shol That's why after all the l'shonos, the Pasuk still continues. V'lakachti yashchim li la'am, zemat and Torah. After v'lakachti, so then, once we have the Torah as the base, if the Torah is our glasses, so then we can view things in the proper way, with the proper perspective. If we're viewing things, and he quotes a beautiful story from Rav Palm, that when Rav Palm was was uh, 12 years old, young child, so he was asked by one of the older bach, uh, Bachure Yeshiva Slobodka, 
I guess he was already known. Why was they asking a 12-year-old this question? He was already known. So, in Birchaz HaChodesh, a lot of questions that you could ask on the Yihiratso in Birchaz HaChodesh. Right? Chaim Shal Tova, Chaim Shal Parnasa, Chaim Shal Parnasa, right? We have Yerushamayim in two places. That's one question, not for now. But after all of these brachos pratios, all these specific brachos, what do we say at the end? Chaim Shimali Hashem Mishalos Lebeinu Latova. Amen Selah. Answer all of our Mishalos Lebeinu. Why don't we just say that? Just say Hashem... Answer all of us. Answer all of our, all of our questions, all of our requests. Mishalos libeinu latova. So anoa yelled. So the child, Rav Pam, said ma'ashela. Hello, Pash, by the way, this is from Sefer Lehisani Basanugim. Hello, Pashut Adavar. Ki chayim shetei banu avas Torah, hi apakasha achi chashuva. Right, you have to say, first, chayim shal tova bracha, right, tova, which is Torah, you have to say that first. But answers the bachor, no, but the last one is the most chashuv, because that includes everything. Says Rav Pam, if you don't first ask for Torah and you're at Shamayim, then your bakashas latova are going to be warped. And we're not going to be asking for the right things. Because whenever we have a Torah perspective, whenever we have an Evan Hashem perspective, we make different decisions. And we yearn for different things. And we have different requests. Somebody could have, when we're in high school, there are certain things that we dream of. And then maybe when we get a little older, we're dreaming of other things. And there are many that change their perspective after having learned. How many people's perspective on life change through the limit of Dafayomi or, or going to a shir on Shabbos afternoon? We become different through the limud that we do. So Palm says, first you ask for Tova, Tova is Torah, Bracha, Parnasa, and at the end, Mishal Slebenel Tova, but first, at the beginning, Avas Torah, Yerushamayim, that has to come um, specifically. So either way, the message is, doesn't matter what happens, we have to have, have to try to have a Torah perspective, an Evan Hashem perspective, what does the Kodesh Baruch Hu want from us? Because if not, we can see the greatest miracles in the world, and it won't make a, it won't make a Roshem. The Shifcha could remain the Shifcha. Moving right along, a connected thought but separate. We might have mentioned this years ago, I don't remember, but um, either way, it's been a while. Chaim Shmulevitz, in the Sichas Musar, quotes the Yerushalmi in Rosh Hashanah that relates to a Pasuk in our Parsha. Perak Vav Pasuk Yud Gimel. So as we continue, Hashem says to Moshe, Bo daber al paro melech betzrayim, mishalach has been a Yisrael me'artzel. Send them out. Vayidabar Moshe, Moshe says, they're not going to listen to me. Vayidaber Hashem al Moshe v'yal Aaron. Moshe says, Hashem says to Moshe and Aaron, Vayidzavim, he commands them. El b'nei Yisrael v'al power melech Mitzrayim, lo hotziyas b'nei Yisrael meretz Mitzrayim. Hashem says to, Pasig Yud, Yud Alf Yud Beis. Hashem says to Moshe, go tell Paro to let him out. Moshe says, they're not going to listen. Hashem says to Moshe and Aaron, to tell Paro to let him out. What did Pasig Yud Gimel add? Didn't it just say, like, the same idea? Didn't even say what was said. What exactly is meant? So the Yerushalmi says there's a hid, there was a hidden message. There was a hidden message in Pasuk Yud Gimel. The Sichas Musar quotes the Yerushalmi in source number two. Amr Shmuel Barav Yitzchak Al Matzivam. What was the Tzivui? There's nothing listed here. Al Parsha Shilua Chavadim. On the Parsha of freeing slaves. Shilua Chavadim. Every Yovel... There's a mitzvah of Shiloh Chavadim, part of the mitzvah of Yovel. We blow shofar, all lands go back to their owner, and we have Shiloh Chavadim. And it's a beferish pasig in Yermio, he quotes, Kalmar Hashem Elokei Yisrael, Anochi Karati Bris Esavosechem, Biyomotzi Osam Eres Mitzrayim, Mebeis Chavadim, on the day that they left Mitzrayim, I told them 
or even not just Yovel, but also every six years by an Evid, uh, by an Evid Ivri, right, unless it's, uh, you do Nirza, Ritzia. But either way, there's a Pasuk in Yermiyot, there's Yerushalmi. The day that we went out of Mitzrayim, Hashem gave us the mitzvah, or at least told us about the mitzvah of Shiluach Havadim. It doesn't say that it was, it was a mitzvah yet, right? It's not one of the ones in Mara. Right, we have the Rambam writes in Hilchas Malachim all of the history of mitzvos. What uh, what what Noah Adam had? Noah gets all the credit because he got number seven. Right, Adam really had six. Noah and then Avraham and Yitzchak and Yaakov and Amram. The Rambam quotes. This is interesting. Amram added on mitzvos his heroes. Which mitzvos did Amram add on? We're not sure. The Meshachachma discusses it. And Mo, and then we have Mara. But it doesn't say anywhere that Shiluch Avadim was mitzuve was mitzvah, so to speak, the language of the Yushalmi. It says Amat Sivam on this Pasuk, but the Torah Shavah Pet doesn't say that. But either way, either it was mitzvah or it was told to us. The question is why? Why was that mitzvah so important at that moment to tell us, B'Sha'as Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim, we know there's something there, because it's Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim, Shiluach Havadim. What's the message? Line 7. Krizas bris mi yuchedes haisab yitzias b'tzraya al mitzvah shiluach yved ivri v'yesh lezbonein matam nitzavu b'mitzvah zu b'osah shawai v'reid mitzvah seved ivri no heges el b'zanchay yovel noe there was no yovel yet right for a long time there was no yovel v'yimkain matam lahak the mitzvah zu all the fnei matan torah v'olom matzino he quotes it shenitzavu the fnei dibro the mitzvah shenal gubiad kamo shabbos kibud avayim dinim some of the other ones. And then he quotes Yerushalmi again, Lo Nanshu Yisrael, we only went into Galus because of Parsha Shiluah Chavadim. Because we didn't observe Shiluah Chavadim properly is one of the reasons, right, many sins that are, that are said to be the cause, but each one has to be focused on separately. Right, so again, quoting this Pasuk in Yermio, because we didn't listen, we went into Galus. So what's the message? What's so defining and important about the mitzvah of Shiluah Chavadim? Line 25. Elakahu biurem shel dvarim. Koshi gadolhu. It's a hard mitzvah. I have somebody who works for me and does a great job. And I'm just going to have to let him go. Right? I think many, many are, many know what it's like to look for good help. Sometimes you have somebody who's been with you for a long time and all of a sudden you go through ten people till you find somebody. It's very hard. You have good help. You have somebody you get along with, somebody who does a good job. To set somebody free is hard. And even though the Evid wants out, it's hard to see it from the Evid's perspective. The Torah knows that. The Torah knows it's hard. You know what the Torah does? At the moment that we could appreciate the other perspective, the Torah says, remember this feeling. Remember this moment of inspiration when you know what it feels like to be a freed Eved. And that's how you need to inspire yourself in order to free Avadim in the future. When you felt what it's like to go out. That is the most appropriate moment. You know what it feels like right now? Take that feeling with you and use that feeling to 
free your slaves. And because of that, we were makabalit. But Leif Shalem, as he continues, So now Rav Chaim Shalevitz gets into but one minute, part two. But we don't feel it anymore. So why would we be faulted? Okay, at that moment, Hashem said, remember this feeling, but it's hard to remember the feeling. Says Rav Chaim Shalevitz, that's part two. If we ever have a moment of inspiration, it's our responsibility to do something at that moment to ensure that even when that feeling might not exist, in the future, we have already put ourselves into a framework that we know what we want to do. And we're going to do the right thing. So yes, we don't feel it, but we're still going to be punished. We're still going to be exiled. Why? Because you should have done something. You had the moment of inspiration. Hatviya kochamura aflachar doras rabim. It should have passed down from generation to generation, and it should have. We should have done something. And he says, this yisod of doing something to keep the moment, we find in other sources as well. He quotes on the bottom. Number one, he quotes, Palti ben Laish. Palti ben Laish. From the times of David HaMelech. David HaMelech, not exactly clear from the Psukim, with David and Michal and Merav, when married already, not married already, all the Rishonim, based on Chazal, talk about it. But either way, Lamaisa, we know that Palti ben Laish was with, um, David's wife, <coughs> so to speak, <coughs> or designated for David's wife for many years, and did not touch her. And the Gemara discusses, how was that possible? How did he do that? How did he do that? Top of the next page. Paltiel, and he's also in another place in Navi called Paltiel, not just Palti. Why? Shepalto Kelim in Ha'avera. Hashem helped him, saved him from sin. Ma'asa, why? Because what happened? Na'atz Cherev, He put a sword down between the beds. He put a sword down to remind him. Whoever gets involved in this Avera will be, have this sword. And the question is, how does that help to put a sword down? You could just take out the sword. You could just remove the sword. The same person who put the sword there could remove the sword. So what does that mean? What's the message? Palti was inspired. And he took one giant step forward to show HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm trying. I want it to last. I'm going to try. And I'm doing this so that I want to keep the feeling. Kodesh Baruch Hu sees that. Paltiel. Paltokel. Hashem will come. Rega gadol hayelo lepaltiel. Rega shenitznotzeitzbo. Rega kodesh. Vigamla hahachlata azayah. The decision. I'm not going to do it. And he's put a notzcherev there in order for the feeling the messages of the feeling to last. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself teaches us this. Where does that come from? Unbelievable. The Keshes, the rainbow. What does the Pesukim say? When I see the rainbow, I'm not going to destroy the world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs a reminder. Hashem's going to forget. 
Hashem right now, Noach, I'm inspired not to destroy the world again. But who knows in a thousand years? I can't promise. I can't promise that the Kodesh Baruch Hu, so you know what? I'm going to put myself a, a, a reminder, a rainbow, so that I'll... Obviously, Mahu Afatah Kodesh Baruch is teaching us something. What does that mean? How could a person strengthen his decision that he wants to do at that moment? When it leaves. Because life's not about being inspired every second. Life has ups and downs. Sometimes... We feel it. Sometimes, as they say nowadays, we're in the zone, and sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're in a different zone, right? Sometimes we're, you know, not feeling it. But we have to put ourselves into a position. Maybe that means going to a shear with a chevra. So that's my situation. Maybe it's a chavrusa. Maybe it's other mechaivim. Mechaivim are what get us. When we have a, a decision, it's the mechaiv. that we mentioned years ago? Just mention it again because it's exactly this point. We mentioned that the one of the major events in history, as we know, of Akedas Yitzchak. Why do we focus and call it Akedas Yitzchak, the binding of Yitzchak? Out of all the details of the story, Ha'alas Yitzchak, Sreifas Yitzchak, almost. Why do we call it the binding? That's so important. The tying down of his arms. That's such a major, major part of the story. So the Shemana Tov says that the Medrash tells us that when on the way to the Akedah, Yitzchak looks at his father, and according to this Medrash, he knew what was going on. He says, Abba, I'm a little nervous that when I get to the Mizbeach and I see the knife above me, I'm going to move around, I'm going to be nervous, I'm going to passel the Shechita. So make sure, Kaftani Yafe Yafe, tie me down very tight. Because I'm 37, you're 137, you know I can, I can really move a lot. So tie me down very tight before you start so that I don't move and I don't pass all the shechita. What's the message? Akeda binding. Yitzchak on the way there felt the inspiration. He felt he wanted to do it, but he knew it might not last. He moved, he knew the feelings might, might fade. See, he takes precautions at the moment of inspiration so that even when he doesn't feel it in the future, he's going to be in the position to do the mitzvah. Kaftani yafa yafa. And that's also why we lay the Akedah on Rosh Hashanah. Because Rosh Hashanah, we're all feeling it. Rosh Hashanah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But who knows? Of course, do I want to ask, once ask my Rebbeim, one of my Rebbeim, after Yom Kippur, how was Rebbe's Yom Kippur? He says, I can't answer that question. Ask me in July how my Yom Kippur was. I can't answer right now how my Yom Kippur was. Because who knows? Did it change me? Did it affect me? We're all inspired now. But that's Kaftani Yafe Yafe. And that's Shiluah Havadim at the moment of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim because that is what we needed. That is what we needed to hear at that moment and it's our job to take the inspiration with us. But obviously the message is for for all of our life. Top of the next page. V'chein Ra'inu Be'ineinu Right? Things don't last, he says. What happened after World War II and the certain feelings that people had and what happens a couple of years later, a couple of decades later, nobody remembers anything, nobody's inspired, nobody uh, still has it. Okay, moving right along. The following thought is for any simcha that one might have. Here's the thought. So the stage is set. 
Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron are told by Kaddish Baruch Hu, go tell Paro. They go tell Paro. Paro says, no, we are psyched for the Makos. We're ready. Here they come. And all of a sudden, wait a minute, Ela Rashi Beisavosam. We got to go through a little lineage first. Bnei Reuven Bechar Yisrael Chanoch Ufalu. Right. That's also the answer to a trivia question. The only name in the Torah that four different people have the name Chanoch. Four Chanochs in the Torah. Uvenei Shmuel Yimuel V'Yamin V'Oen V'Yachin. All the names. What is this doing here? Let's get to the Makos. Right. That's Parshas Vaera. So Rashi, of course, quotes. We know. Well. The Torah wants to tell us about Moshe and Aaron, so therefore, it starts off with a beginning, and therefore goes until Moshe and Aaron, and stops there, and that's all we need. Right? Rashi quotes it: "Tivo Maldavar Yisrael, for Tivu, before Parashas Shnia, Mitoch Shehutzchak Liachi, Shifto Shalevi, and Moshe v'Aaron, Bishvil Moshe v'Aaron, Hiskaliachsam Derech Todosam Meruven." Starts with the beginning. Okay, but then that just begs the question. What do we have to know about Moshe and Aaron? Why do we have to know their lineage right now? Moshe, last week's Parsha, there was a man from Levi that took a woman from Levi, and they got married, they had a baby. What do we have to know right now, the lineage of Moshe and Aaron? Says the Sfarno. Says the Sfarno, you know what the Torah is alluding to? A different question. How did one family merit such amazing siblings? I mean, one family gets Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. That's pretty unbelievable. How did that happen? How did one family have... And Amram was the god of Ador? So how did that family... And Shevet Levi? Says the Sfarno, the Torah is giving us the secret. The Torah is giving us the secret. I'll say it outside first, then we'll see it inside. Levi lived the longest out of all the Shvatim. Levi had a relationship with his grandchildren. And Amram did. And the family connection between the entire Sheva Levi was strong. And there's no substitute for a strong foundation from the family. And that's how they had such great children. And that's why the Torah starts off by saying, this is the family. Starts off with Ruby from the beginning. But then you have Levi and Kahas and Amram, because that's where it starts. <laughs> Ruvain didn't have the people that would be Zoche. What went in is what came out. The relationship with the grandparents, the emphasis on family that they had, says the Svarno, that's how they were produced. Relates to a thought that Rav Salvechik, we mentioned this in other shirim, Rav Salvechik notes there are different chazals, source number six, the Hari Kedem, they quote this from the Rav, that we know that the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, the chiv of Talmud Torah, is first and foremost on the father. The father has a chiv to teach his children, to teach their, his sons, v'dishatam levanecha, yes, it means the tamidecha, but levanecha, sons. And yet the Gemara says in Meseches Kiddushin, if a grandfather learns with a grandson, oh, it's like Harsinai. Like our Sinai. So which is greater, a son or a grandson? So explains Rev Salvechik. Mitzad the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Then it's the father. Second column. The mitzvah Talmud Torah. She saw the mikrovili matemes benechem. But ze be emes limatora in beno. Adif mitamatora shall ben beno. 
but regarding the Talmud Torah that has to do with passing the Misora to the next generation. The torch, the fire, that the grandfather is even greater than the father. But in Liman and Munas HaTorah, the concept of Misora, of Shalshelos HaDoros, then the earlier generation back, the greater. And that's based on the Psukim. And elsewhere, Salvation talks about that's why all, in all the Midrashim, Yaakov is called the Zakain, not Avram and Yitzchak, because Yaakov was the first Jewish grandfather. He was the first grandfather to have a relationship with his grandchildren. We don't know of Avraham and Yaakov and Yitzchak and the Shvatim. We know of Yaakov of Ephraim and Menashe. That's why he's the Zakei, and that's why we're called B'nai Yisrael, B'nai Yaakov, because we're about Misora, the transmission of Misora from generation to generation. And that, says the Svarno, starts with the family, and that's why we have to know what made them so great. Eila Rashi Beisavosa. It's the family that gave them that power. Okay. So now we finally get into Paro. Get into Paro, Perak Zion. Perak Zion. The Makos. We have Dam. We have Svardeya. Now we have Zion Tezvav. Hashem tells Moshe. Moshe paro paro. Right, we're not getting into now in terms of the hardening of the heart. We've discussed that in past years. The Rambam and Echos Shuva. Lechel paro baboker. Go to paro in the morning. Hinei yotzei He goes out to the water. Should go there on the edge of the river of the Nile, the mate that you turn to a snake previously, take in your hand, and you should tell him there, uh, again, we're not going to review, but please, a couple of years ago, we did a Be'er Yosef, unbelievable on the Parsha, about why Dafka, the first sign was the mate changing to the Nachash, feel free to uh, to review that. But either way, go out to the water, and as we know, we all learned years ago, the Rashi, what do you mean, go in the morning, because Paro pretended to be a god. He didn't anybody, want anybody to know that he had to, he had physical needs as well. He had to use the bathroom too. The entire day, no, he went in the early in the morning. He made himself into a god. I, I never have to use the bathroom. He went out very early in the morning. Nobody in Mitzrayim got up a seekin, right? So he went very early. He took care of business. And then he came back. So if you look in Growth Through Torah by Pliskin Sefer, he quotes from Chayish Malevitz. I looked for it in Sichas Moser. I didn't find it, but it might be there somewhere. But if not, it's here. In the Growth Through Torah, he quotes, let's think about this for a minute. So he went to the bathroom in the morning. He didn't go the whole day. Why? Because of the COVID. He wanted people to think that he was a god. We're talking about a monarch here. We're talking about someone who could say off with their head in a second. He was already worshipped. He was already, so to speak, a deity somewhat. And yet, he needed the little extra. He needed them to think of them as a real god. And what was the expense? How much pain he must have been in all day? The entire day, every day of his life, he must have been very uncomfortable. And he went, oh, kept doing it. All for a little covet. 
how much sometimes people do to make themselves uncomfortable in pain just to get a little covet amadume. Says Rabbi Pliskin, one can imagine the neighbor of Chayshul Levitz how much discomfort Paro suffered to keep up this facade of being a god. Each day he suffered physically. What was his actual gain? Very little. He was an absolute monarch, unlimited power. He got a little more. There wasn't any practical difference whether he was a human powerful ruler or, or not, or a divine being, but it was a very costly price. When we view Paro, we can see how ridiculous it is to cause oneself so much pain for a little covet. Introspect and find ways. We have to realize, you know, what true covet is. Remember the Gemara Baal Basra? Olam hafachu. Olam hafachu. Right? So we're not looking for covet in this world. Right? Run after. Run away. Right? Ruts. Right? Uh, the one who runs towards covet, covet runs away from him. As Chazal say. And one who runs away from Kavid, Kavid runs after. Right? Who are the greatest Mechu? Ezuhu, Mechu, but Amachabed, The ones that we give cover to are the Ramosha Feinsteins and the Rav Zalmans. They ran away from Kavid. And they got the most Kavid because that's what happens. That's what happens and that's, that's how we, that's how we interpret. Okay. Moving right along, a thought that is said by many. We'll see it through this year in the eyes of Rav Dessler. Bayom Hashem Moshe Pasagites. Hashem says to Moshe, Emor el Aaron, Kach matcha neteyotcha meimim Mitzrayim, the first makkah, take your mate, tell Aaron to take the mate, and put it on the waters of Mitzrayim, Naharosam, Yorehem, Agmehem, all the waters, v'yiyu dam, and there will be dam b'chal Eretz Mitzrayim. So of course we know, Rashi, Chazal tell us, that Aaron did the first makkah. Aaron did the first few. Why? Top of source number seven. This is the third volume of the Mikhtav Melio. Bira the Shasis Mine Maya, the well from which you drank water, Lotishti Bekala, don't throw a clod of earth in. You drank water from something, don't dirty it up. Ha'adam Tova Afilu Even an inanimate object that gave something to me. I should show hakarasatov. <laughs> That's why you're not allowed to be mavaze. Not to be mavaze even domain, even inanimate objects. And we know stories. They tell the story of of Rav Gusman who used to water the flowers in Yerushalayim. Why? Because in Vilna, when he was in the forest during the war, he ate flowers. Not the same flowers. Not the same country. All inanimate. But he learned from Moshe Rabbeinu. Learned from Moshe Rabbeinu. What's the message? What's the message? Says Rav Dessler. The water is not going to get upset if it's not recognized. It's not going to feel kfuye tova. What's the message? What's the message? Right? Whether it's the water, whether it's the dirt that covered up the mitzri. Right, what's the message? Line 17. Minikudas ruus hasechel. From a logical point of view, ezepu'ulas hatava asilamoshe. From a logical point of view, they didn't really even do anything. Did the water actively save Moshe? No, the water was just water. Right? The dirt was just dirt. They didn't do anything. 
So not only is it inanimate, it didn't even do anything. It just existed. Man used the resources in front of him for his benefit. So, so what's the message? Says Rev. Dessler on line 25, There is a secret Yisod that we learn about Midos from this story. And again, many Mepharshim say it in their own way. Rev. Dessler says it as follows, and I gave you in source number 8, We'll see after Rabbi, Rabbi uh, Emanuel Bernstein, who translates in his own words, so to speak, expands upon uh, this Rav Dester. Our Midos, our religious personality, is not just about the intellect. It's not just about logic. And logically, it makes no sense to thank the dirt and thank the water. But having that type of attitude will have, at best, a neutral, at worst, a negative effect on my religious personality. There's another type of mida, right? The way that Rabbi Bernstein pulls it is intellectual truth and emotional truth. But let's read of Dessler. Again, midos, hanefesh, are influenced not only by intellect, but by hergish, but by feeling, by emotion. Lachain. If we are not makir tov, it's not about the domain. It's about us. Right? Like the Sefer Chinuch says all the time. If we're not makir tov to the other, whether the other is a person, an animal, or a tree, or a flower, or dirt, then it's going to have a negative effect on us. And it's a chisaron on our religious personality. The emotion, the spiritual. The Baal just wants to give. Right, he's going to have so much thanks to the other, whatever the other is. Right, remember Ramosha, the, the uh, Avram Avinu. Ramosha talks about it in Lech Lech and Vayera. Right, why was Avram in pain? There were no guests. Logically, there were no guests. What is he upset for? But the answer is because his religious personality didn't let him go a day without thinking about guests. It was on such a perf- perfected level. The Seichel is very logical. It sees the future. What is this going to get? But the emotions is the present. The emotional effect of anything that we do is the present. And a maka right now on the water can have an effect on me. Even though logic has a long-term view. It's still going to be a mitzvah. A kiddush Hashem. If they see me hit, not something from the present. From what we see, and it continues. We all have to recognize. It's not just about logic. It's not just about what makes sense. It's about what's going to affect us. Right? And this is by many myths. Baal Tashchis. A similar idea. Connected idea. 
The Sefer Chinuch on Baal Tashchis discusses what's Baal Tashchis about. Is it about the destruction of something I can get benefit from? That's one idea. But there's another idea. Destructive behavior affects me in a way, even if there's, I'm not going to get any benefit from it. Because it's going to make me into somebody who doesn't appreciate what I have. Right? Similar. Kfui tova. Even if there's nobody on the receiving end, it's still something that affects me in the, in the present. And that's what Rabbi Bernstein continues in his Sefer on Agada. Continues of the, the two types, that which is actually true and recognized by the intellect as such. I'm on the next page. The second type refers to things that may feel true, even if they are not. At the end, he could not risk being desensitized through what may have only felt like an act of ingratitude. Was it an act of ingratitude? No. It felt like an act of ingratitude. For the result may be a subsequent dulling of his feelings of gratitude when they really would be warranted. So again, this is Rav Dessler about Hakar Satov, which the message applies to so many other areas of life uh, as well. Okay, one more gra, and then we'll end with a thought um, for us to take with us as well. There is a diuk that we've spoken about in the past. Perak Tes Pasuk Vav. Perak Tes Pasuk Vav. Says the Torah, by the makeh of dever. Animals dying. The Pasuk tells us, Vayat Hashem sadavar azemi machras, vayamas komik ne Mitzrayim. Hashem did this, and all the cattle died. From the cattle of the Jews, not one died. None died. And his heart got hardened. The question is, what just happened here? None, no, no, no animal died. Paro sends, what happened? No animal died. He hardened his heart. How was that a result? Shouldn't that have been the opposite? He heard the Maka happened, he would get upset. And yet, here, question one, what does it mean that he sent, and he heard what happened, and he hardened his heart? Question one. Question two and three. There are two slight differences between the two phrases. First phrase says, Umi miknei b'nei Yisrael lo And the second one is, Lo mi miknei Yisrael arechad. First time says B'nai Yisrael, second time, second time says Yisrael. Why does the first say B'nai Yisrael? Third question, Lo meis echad, Lo meis ad echad. So what's the Vayishlach paro? What's the B'nai Yisrael versus Yisrael? What's the echad ad echad? So in the Likute Yoshua here, Yeshua Scheinfeld quotes that he heard B'Shem the Gra. Maybe it's based on the ad echad medrash that we know. You know, ad echad sometimes means... One left. Lo nishar adechad, one left. So it really means one left. What, what does that mean? First one says, lo meis echad, and then it says, lo meis adechad. Explains the gra. Again, it's a new kimta. It's a new kimta, but it's the gra. The gra says, line seven, the megadef that takes place in the midbar. The megadef was probably around Mitzrayim. The blasphemer, who was the Megadev? We're in source number 10. Ben, who were the Megadev's parents? Jewish mother, Egyptian father. His cattle. His cattle. From B'nai Yisrael. B'nai Yisrael, he wasn't a Ben Yisrael. 
So regarding a Ben Yisrael, not, not one stayed, stayed alive. I'm sorry, not one died. Lo Mesechad. From B'nai Yisrael, Lo Mesechad, not one died. From Yisrael, somebody who was in Yisrael, he had a Jewish mother, one died. Paro sends, he hears, Paro doesn't know these chilukim, he sees that one died in the Jewish camp, that's it, he hardened his heart, it must have been a coincidence. Must have been a coincidence, right? Just like the Chadab Mepharshim say, right? Kachatzos, oh, 12.02, ah, what a coincidence, if it would have been. That's why it's Kachatzos, not Bachatzos. But says the Grah, that's the diff, that's the two phrases. One, one animal died. Which one? The cattle of the Megadev. The Isha, the Ben, Hamitsri, and Yisraelis, and now you understand the Pasuk. Why? Because it says, from Mikne Bene Yisrael, not one died. Paro sent, and he hears, one died from Mikne Yisrael. Paro says, aha, vayichba leif paro, veloshilach esha. Good. Moving right along, one final thought. Putting together two Rashis and an Unculus. Rav Pincus puts together two Rashis and an Unculus. Fascinating, because we usually just are Mavra Sedra and we don't, we don't take a, a step back and try to have a perspective. But Rav Pincus does. We have Pereches Pasig Dalit, right, by the Maka of Svardeya. Frogs. Paro can't deal with it. Vayikra Paro the Moshe Olaron Vayomer. What does Paro say to Moshe? Hatiru El Hashem. Hatiru. What is Hatiru? Plead. It's a washing of tefillah. Hatiru. Right? Rav Pincus goes through in his Sefer Sharm Tefillah all the different Lashonos of tefillah. Hatiru is one. Ayin Tuf Resh. Hatiru pleading. Rashi. Kol Lashon Atar Harbos Pelahu. Please daven a lot for me. That's what happened by Svardeya. Let's keep going. A couple of psukim later. Ches chavav. By arov. By wild animals. By Yomer Moshe. Yomer Paro. Just go. I'll send you out. Moshe says, okay, I'll go out. Vahatarti al Hashem. Vayetzi Moshe in Paro. Vayetar al Hashem. What does Rashi say on that pasuk? Vayetar al Hashem. Nisamitz v'tfila. Nisamitz is like a lashon of like... He did it strong. He had, a, he had a dig deep. Sounds like he was like davening even more. Nisamets bitfila. Rashi quotes. So you have it by Aro. You have it by Svardeya. Then you have it by Arov. And now, if we fast forward to Barad, Tes Chavtes, all the way at the end of the parsha. Vayishlach paro vayikla Moshe l'Aaron. Paro sends to Moshe. Chatasi apam Hashem atzadik vani vani yarshoyim. Hatiru el Hashem. Another lashon of Hatiru. Davin. What does the pasuk say? Vayomer la Moshe. Okay. Kitzesi as ha'ir efros es kapai el Hashem. When they go out of the city, I will spread out my hands. Efros es kapai el Hashem. Unkelis efros yadi bitslo. Right? In slow tone. In tefillah. Pleading with hands raised. The washing that we find, like by Moshe Rabbeinu in the Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah, when Moshe's hands were raised, that is the highest, deepest level. So what's going on here? First it's regular palal, hatiru, then it's nisamit b'tefillah, then it's ufros as kapai. Says of Pincus, very often, 
turning the page. But he says, very often we think that davening is always davening. Davening is always the same. We say the same words. We daven all the time. But we daven, we always have, you know, davening is davening. Says of Pincus. And let's say tshuva is tshuva. We did something wrong. Slachlanu. We clop. Slachlanu, slachlanu. Says of Pincus. The greater the need, the deeper the tefillah has to be. As Paro got more right, deepened, Paro deepened his, his state, sunk in, in chait. Every time he rejected a makkah, he was in a worse state. He was on a lower level. Every time he rejected a makkah, even after Tzvardeya and Arov, so every time Moshe had to daven harder. Moshe had to daven deeper to get rid of the makkah. Because to get rid of the makkah now, Paro is even a bigger Russia. So he had to daven harder and harder and deeper. Right? Like the Meshachachma says on, on Bachar Biyuvakashi and Parshas Vayachi. It feels like an arrow. The harder you pull back, the farther it goes. Says Rapinkus. Nimsenu Lameidim on line 8. Shekachol shehaada marbelish takea bachet. Nitzrachu litfila chazachav amuka yoser. Kdeshi rachim alav Hashem. Munachas Khan, he says, eats the to every one of us. He says, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a physical illness. Machlas haguf. Achal adam davar amazik, vratzla rofe. He goes, he's a little bit sick. He could get a little medicine. Get a little medicine. What if it happens again? He gets sick, then a lot of times the earlier medicine doesn't work. Body develops antibodies to it. Now you have to have a stronger medicine. And a stronger medicine. Each time. So when we have a spiritual illness, when we have a spiritual need, whichever one, it requires deeper and stronger. And that's why by each makkah, and he even says at the end, you realize the chesed of Moshe Rabbeinu, davening for Paro. Davening for Paro, he assumes that's what Hashem wants. But this Rasha Mushchas who's getting worse and worse, and Moshe is expending more and more mental and spiritual energy to daven for him. It shows the goblets of Moshe Rabbeinu. But for our purposes, we have to realize that tefillah is qualitative, it's qualitative experience every time we daven. It's, it's higher and lo- deeper. And we have to keep davening and keep realizing that the more we need something, the harder we have to dig down and deepen. We have to always realize. We have to always realize. We have to dig deep. But halabai, we should always realize that the more we dig and the harder we push, Hashem, Hashem should listen and answer all of our tilos litova. Okay, we'll stop here and look. Okay.